If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Punishment. We have to talk about punishment tonight. That'll be spicy. We have to talk about foreign policy. We have to talk about whistleblowers. We have a new one. Dave Marcus is here for that. All that's coming up tonight, and I'm right. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about prison. You know, let's talk about prison. Do you believe somebody should spend 30 years in prison? Well, I know what you're probably saying right now. What do they do? I have to know what they do first. Okay, I'm glad you asked. That's an important question to ask, isn't it? And the whole point of the question is, Surely some things are worthy of 30 years in prison, right? Assaults, rapes, murders, hurting kids. Surely some people do things that are worthy of 30 years in prison. Okay, all right. What if you shoplift a Butterfinger? Should you get 30 years in prison? Eh, probably not. Unless you're, unless you're a little bit draconian, I think we could all probably agree. Eh, maybe a little harsh. Okay, so what am I saying here? Different degrees of punishment are obviously appropriate for different crimes. There are different levels of crimes. But I think you and I can both agree on something without a doubt. Punishment's necessary, right? It is necessary, and... The punishment should match, the severity of the punishment should match 
the severity of the crime. That's not, nothing I've said here is exactly radical. I know you're thinking, uh, yeah, Jesse, I, this is obvious. Okay, well, that brings me to something. Because I've, I've, it's been a day or two now where Durham gave his testimony before Congress. Durham, you know, did the report. He did the report on all the malfeasance at the FBI, DOJ, and we found out they lied a million times. They've lied about basically everything. They made a bunch of things up. And then there's a part of the testimony that just jumped out at me. It jumped off the page at me. The part of the testimony where Durham talks about FBI agents coming up to him and, well, here's what he said. I have had um, any number of FBI agents um, who I've worked with over the years, some of them are retired, some are still in place, who have come to me and apologized for the manner in which uh, that investigation was undertaken. This is not an easy fix. I mean, it's going to take time uh, to rebuild the public's confidence in the institution. Rather, what is required is accountability. Hmm. Yeah. They apologized. And it's going to take time. It's like time and accountability. What? I'm sorry? They they said sorry? Hey, sorry. Hey, we need some trust back. Oh, it'll take time. It's going to take some time. I, I, I'd love to use that excuse. I'll just, you know, I think I'll take the microphone off here and I'll grab my gun and I'll go down to the bank right now and I'll go stick a gun in somebody's face and steal all the money in the bank. And then when the cops come kicking my door to arrest me for robbing the bank, I'll say, hello, sorry, I apologized already. Look, I know you're mad. I know the bank's mad. I get it. Hey, guys, it's going to take time. All right, just give it some time. Give it some time. I'm sorry. Let's take time. (laughs) What's happening right now at the Federal Bureau of Investigation? will end the United States of America. I'm not being over the top. I'm not just doing a bit. What is happening right now with the Federal Bureau of Investigation turning itself into a secret state police agency that works as the enforcement arm and protection arm of the Democrats in this country, it will bring about a civil war. It will break this country in two and end the nation. And so when you do an investigation into the Federal Bureau of Investigation and you find out they've lied about everything on behalf of Democrats and they've lied about everything so they can go after Republicans, you're going to have to forgive me. Maybe it's time for me to say sorry, but sorry doesn't cut it. And you know what else doesn't cut it? It's going to take time. It's going to take time, guys. We just need some time. As if it's a boyfriend who offended his girlfriend in some way. I know you're mad, honey, but let's take some time. We'll take time together. People have to go to prison. Not gangbangers. Not bank robbers. Not this or that tax cheat. People with FBI badges on and security clearances have to go to prison. And I don't mean one guy. I don't mean some lackey you drag out of the mailroom and say, whoa, look, we found the culprit. We found Bob in the mailroom. This is the guy sending the prison. I mean, public trials with 10, 20, 30, 
40, 50 FBI agents, maybe a group trial, standing there on television so the American public can watch secret state police agents be held accountable for their abuse of their authority, for their abuse of their power, for their abuse of the American people. I need to tell something to John Durham, to Republicans, to Democrats, to media members, FBI agents, everybody in the United States of America who watches I'm Right. I need to tell you something, and I don't care if this makes you mad. I don't care if it makes you uncomfortable. I don't really care if you don't believe me. What I'm about to tell you is 100% true. We will never save this country. It is impossible to save the United States of America unless government people go to prison for the things they've done to this nation. Government people. Empty out the federal penitentiaries for all I care and start putting government people in there. DOJ, IRS, FBI, NSA, CIA, politicians, Republican and Democrat. Just start a whole new wing for government people. Go to prison and go to prison for a long time. It will end the United States of America. Civil war is coming. Not tomorrow, I'm not being over the top. Eventually, it will get to the point where these secret state police agencies, they will force red states to form a coalition to protect themselves and their citizens against the federal government. And once that situation comes about, that will very likely spark a war where people die. It will end America, it will break apart the nation. So, Mr. Producer, would you please, with all that in mind, would you please, I know we just played it, would you play that soundbite of John Durham one more time, just so everybody can see just how far away the people within the system are from understanding what it's going to take to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I have had um, any number of FBI agents um, who I've worked with over the years, some of them are retired, some are still in place, who have come to me and apologized for the manner in which uh, that investigation was undertaken. This is not an easy fix. I mean, it's going to take time uh, to rebuild the public's confidence in the institution. Rather, what is required is accountability. They're sorry. And we just, they need some time. A time, we need time to heal and, and accountability. Kevin Kleinsmith lied to the FISA court so he could get a warrant to spy on an American citizen. Kevin Kleinsmith is not only not in prison, he's still practicing law. We are so far away from anything resembling accountability, it's staggering. You will know that the United States of America is back on track to being saved when government people, when FBI agents with badges are being marched off to Leavenworth. That's when you will know time. I thought about this yesterday when I saw Adam's, Adam Schiff, one of the most wretched human beings that's ever walked the halls of Congress. And that's saying something, isn't it? Yesterday, he got censured. Will Representative Schiff present himself in the well? By its adoption of House Resolution 521, the House is resolved that the House of Representatives censures Adam Schiff, representative of the 30th Congressional District of California, for misleading the American public and for conduct unbecoming of an elected member of the House of Representatives, that Representative Adam Schiff will be forthwith present himself in the well of the House of Representatives for the pronouncement of censure. Oh. Oh, man, I bet he's devastated. 
In fact, I bet after that censure, I bet Adam Smith, or Adam Schiff, I'm sorry, I bet he went home, and I bet he cried, and I bet he said, boy, I'm, I feel so bad, I'm never going to do that again. Oh my gosh. Do you want to hear how sorry Adam Schiff was? Here's how sorry he was. Do you have any regrets on, on how you handle the Russia issue? Obviously, the former president was never criminally implicated for anything involving Russia. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I think the investigation of his misconduct was very important. Uh, it ultimately led to his impeachment, which I was proud to lead. Uh, and it led to the first bipartisan vote to remove a president in U.S. history. Uh, I was also proud to serve on the January 6th committee, and I would do all of that again, and I would do it the same way. Boy, he seems busted up about that censorship, doesn't he? Just one final note. Yesterday, Joe Biden was speaking with some people, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I can paraphrase this because you've heard him. He's repeated this line several times. He said something to the effect of, I always laugh when these guys talk about the tree of liberty and blood of patriots. Uh, you need an F-16 to take on the government. This is now a common line used by not just Joe Biden, Democrats across the spectrum where they threaten military force against American citizens. That's the president of the United States of America who's more than once fantasized and visualized sending an American airstrike against his own citizens. In fact, I remember Joe Biden standing up in front of the entire country and calling half the country enemies of the state. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. You will know that this country can be saved and will be saved when people in this government, powerful people, elites, when they start going to prison. Until that, we're just painting the Titanic as it goes down. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We're going to talk to Dave Marcus about this and much more coming up. Before we get to Dave, let's get to this. I seem a little fired up to you. The old male vitality stack from Chalk has me about bouncing off the walls. Look, natural herbal supplements, 20% increase in your testosterone in 90 days. But it's so much more than that. We take the chocolate powder, too. The wife makes us these superfood smoothies in the morning with kale and all these other gross things in it. But she pours the chocolate powder in it, packed vitamins, minerals. I'm the healthiest I think I've ever been in my life, thanks to chalk. You want to change things for yourself? Go to choq.com. They have subscriptions. Don't pay full price like a chump, because you cancel the subscription anytime you want. Subscriptions are 35% off with the promo code JESSE. Fellas, get a male vitality stack coursing through your veins. Give it 90 days. Ladies, a female vitality stack. But see what else they have. It's endless. Natural herbal supplements. Drop the daggone pills. Natural herbal supplements. All right? We'll be back. No person is above the law in this country. Nothing stops us. No, per I don't know how to. Maybe I'll say that again. No person is above the law in this country. I can't say it any more clearly than that. I thought that was funny. That's just because look, Joe Biden does this all the time. They feel like they can just keep saying something that's very clearly not true. 
and that'll be just the final word on it. Joe Biden does this all the time. It's amazing. Joining me now, my buddy columnist Dave Marcus, also author of the book Charade. Dave, <laughs> nobody's above the law. Uh, obviously, people are above the law. It's horrific for the country. I'm of the opinion that this stuff cannot continue without end, or it means horrible things for this country, which I don't want to see come about. But I don't think they can see that, Dave. No, I think you're right. I mean, listen, um, anybody who looks at this Hunter Biden situation and and the, the barely even a slap on the wrist that that he got this week um, from the Department of Justice, I mean, 30 years of law and order episodes didn't feature as many crimes as we saw on the laptop. Right. And, 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 and we've seen them all. I, I mean, they're right in front of us. I mean, who investigated this case? Roscoe P. Coltrane? I, I mean, th th this this is crazy. I mean, there's just evidence everywhere, prostitutes and crack and lying on gun forms and, and tax evasion. And not to mention the really important things that involve his dad, which seem to have just been completely ignored. Nobody with any sense who's not completely in the tank for the Democrats is buying this. And look, to your point, you and I have disagreed about this. I'm more optimistic in general, I think, but you're absolutely right. If Americans become convinced that there's really just two sets of laws in this country, yeah, bad things are going to start happening. Yeah. And I really don't want that. I pray to God I'm wrong about that. But history says that's true. And what drives me crazy, Dave, is these elites. Okay, I don't expect them to be good people. I realize they're all scumbags. I mean, shoot, we all are, I guess, in some way. But how can they not see that? How can they not see that there's an expiration date on not just abusing people, but spitting in their face, rubbing their faces in it, which is really what they do. That only goes on for so long, and then things get horrible. I mean, I, th I think it's because they're never challenged, right? And then, I mean, we, we, we see this with sort of the gender stuff as well, right? There was that hearing yesterday and Ted Cruz is, is, is grilling the witness about like, you know, why do we have women's sports? Are there differences between men and women? And these people never experience anyone who disagrees with them. And, and so you're absolutely right. They, they just make these declarative statements of like, you know, Hunter Biden was treated completely fairly. And I mean, obviously we, Obviously, we're watching what happens to Donald Trump and, and all of his associates, right? Paul Manafort went to jail for, for being an unregistered foreign agent. Does anyone seriously think that Hunter Biden wasn't an unregistered foreign agent? I mean, it's just obviously he was. There's no Chinese company he was working with that didn't have ties to the Chinese Communist Party. This is craziness. I'm glad you brought up the Trump stuff, Dave, because there's something about this whole Trump thing that's driving me crazy. And I, I understand Trump tends to make people crazy for both both ways. But I feel like the people who are in love with Trump and the people who despise Donald Trump, they're all missing that this is so much bigger than Donald Trump. This means so much more than Donald Trump or Donald Trump going to prison. What this means for America, what this means, honestly, for the West, for freedom, what this stuff means is so much bigger than one man. But if you hate Donald Trump, you don't care, and he deserves it. And if you love Donald Trump, he's just going to MAGA his way out of jail, and we'll be fine. And people don't seem to be able to see clearly because of Trump. What is that? I, look, I, I actually hope that that's starting to change a little bit, because when I talk to people about this stuff, one of the things that, that I learn is that when Americans see the difference between the way Joe Biden and Donald Trump are treated, right, 
what they also see is they see an FBI that wants to spy on Catholics in their churches. They see an FBI that wants to take down license plates at a school board meeting. They see an FBI that you know does an early morning raid of pro-lifers' houses. So I do think that at least conservatives are getting hip to the fact that you're right, this is not ultimately about Donald Trump. This is about a weaponized Department of Justice that will go after any of us if we don't toe their line. Hunter Biden's name got brought up by the great, the genius Hank Johnson during the Durham hearing. Here's how that went. Former FBI Director Jim Comey and former CIA Director John Brennan were not among those three who were indicted. Isn't that correct? That's correct. And to the extreme disappointment of some on this panel, your investigation failed to produce indictments against Hillary Clinton, correct? That's correct. Didn't indict Barack Obama. That's correct. Didn't in indict Joe Biden. That's correct. Couldn't even indict Hunter Biden. You didn't correct? investigate Mr. Hunter Biden. Dave, you have a piece, excellent piece, breaking down this whole thing. What were your What were your takeaways from the Durham stuff? I mean, just first of all, in regard to Hank Johnson, the good news is that no islands capsized. So, I mean, it, it, it's that. Um, no, look, I, I think my biggest takeaway, like we had already seen the report, right? So we already knew that the the the, the most important part of the the report was Durham saying that, it, that there was markedly different treatment. That, that was the euphemism that, that he used between the Hillary Clinton case and, and, and the Trump case. But what that really means is, is bias, right? But my biggest take, it, it, I'm glad that you showed that clip because my biggest takeaway was that even though the FBI has admitted wrongdoing here, right now they claim that they've fixed it all since then, but they admitted that they got significant things wrong here. Democrats are not curious about that at all. They, they just don't care. And every time a whistleblower shows up, every time a witness who's even vaguely critical of the DOJ or the FBI shows up, they treat them as a hostile witness. You know, they, they, they call them grifters. They, they call them, they call Matt Taibbi not a real journalist, right? I, I mean, th this is their playbook. And my message to them is we can't start to get past this until Democrats are willing to take this at least somewhat seriously. And there's no evidence that that's coming. Okay, Dave, I hear Durham say things like accountability. I hear him say FBI agents apologize to him. Uh, as you pointed out, the FBI has come out and said, well, I mean, we've adjusted some procedures and things like that. And I, look, I'm sure you will disagree with me, but I look at the history of secret state police agencies that are weaponized against one political party. I genuinely believe the FBI has the, the capability of destroying the entire United States of America. Eventually, that's not going to happen tomorrow, but it can go that way. And yet no one seems to agree with me on this. Republicans, Democrats, they'll yell about this. Maybe we'll censure this. This is an organization that should be under attack by the GOP. Funding zeroed out. Public trials. This has to get squared away now or it goes someplace really ugly in this country. Yeah, no, I, I, you, you might be surprised, but, but I don't actually disagree with you that much. I think it was about seven or eight months ago, an editor, one of my editors at the Daily Mail reached out and was like, hey, 
do you want to write a column saying, you know, we're getting pretty close to needing to say that the FBI has to go away, right? And and my initial reaction was, oh, I, I don't know if I want to write that. I mean, that sounds a lot like defunding the FBI. That 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 that's probably farther than I want to go. But as we started going back and forth with just the parade of horrible things that the FBI has done over the past decade, I wrote the column because it's just obvious that that they're biased and that they're not being fair. You know, we we did it. You know, we had the breaking news today from a whistleblower who's saying all kinds of, you know, now apparently we have text messages that say that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were in the same room shaking down Chinese corporations. I'm in the room with my father. I hold a grudge. I mean, c- come on, guys. Like, this is, and, and here's the thing. I, I do think that this coming two days after this sweetheart deal, there are going to be a lot of Republicans who say, okay, this deal has to be off the table right now. And and we'll see what happens. I, I you know, I, I hope that they'll do that. Okay, Dave, if we if we can't bank on the GOP actually growing a pair and defunding the FBI, I say the only alternative to this, and this is awful, is a coalition of red states starting to kick FBI offices out of their state, starting to refuse to come work with them. And that's awful, right? I mean, that's not what you want. But tell me a third way, Dave. I'm all ears. What's a third way? The, the only third way is for a Republican to become president um, and actually take seriously the the job of dismantling all of this. Um, you know, I, I think that I, I think Trump wanted to do that, but I think two things happened. I, I, I think one, he was such a sort of outsider that he didn't fully grasp right away, like how deep all of this stuff was. And he also just constantly had advisors who said, you can't do this. You can't fire that person. You can't do this. You can't do that. So, I, you know, I think all the GOP contenders now, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or, or you know, even some of the others, they understand that this, this laughable notion of the independent Department of Justice and the president can't have anything to do with it, that, that's got to go. That's got to go away. That, that's over. The, the Department of Justice is not independent. It belongs to the people of the United States and, and it needs oversight. Amen. Dave, love you, brother. Come back soon. Thanks. Oh, congratulations on the book. Thank you, my man. You got it. All right. China, Iran, foreign policy stuff's not something we do a ton of, but we do do it because it matters. We have to make ourselves focus on it every now and then. It is important. It can have world-changing implications. We're going to talk to Lisa Daftari about that in just a moment. Now, before we get to all that... Let's get to something awesome. A smell-free home with clean air. Your home has smells in it. That's not because your home's dirty. It's because we have smells. Our pets smell, we smell, cooking smells. Maybe you're in there burning heaters like Dave Marcus. We want those smells out of our air. We want the viruses and mold out of our air. But how do you do that? Are you going to walk around just spraying things? Get Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I've had taxidermists email me. You ever smelled a taxidermy office? I've had taxidermists email me and tell me they can't smell anything now in their office. That's how incredible these things are. It doesn't cover up the odors in your air. It scrubs your air constantly. I own six of these things at this point in time. You don't have to go that far, but you can. They sell three packs 
$200 off right now. Go get you some. EdenPureDeals.com code JESSE is where you do that, all right? EdenPureDeals.com code JESSE. We'll be back. Barely a day after highly sensitive talks between the US and China, Joe Biden called China's leader a dictator. The US president made the remark about Xi Jinping off camera at a fundraiser. He also suggested, not for the first time, that she and other Chinese leaders were embarrassed when a Chinese spy balloon was blown off course over US airspace earlier this year. Oh boy. Joining me now, Lisa Daftari, editor-in-chief editor of The Foreign Desk. Lisa always gets us boned up on all these things. Lisa, people who don't understand China and Eastern ways of thinking, they don't fully grasp exactly why things like this are not small things. They're not exactly just tiny no. little headlines. They're big things, aren't they? Absolutely. And in this case, well... Uh, critics have always said that the Biden administration does not understand the threat that is China, right? So all of a sudden we see Biden going hard on China, which is a wonderful thing, right? Except in this case, uh, when Blinken, uh, Secretary of State, just got back from a trip where he was so nice to the Chinese, he gave them a free pass on all their transgressions. He said the balloon won't happen again, so kind of excused that. And he said, when you're shipping fentanyl supplies over, you're probably shipping them by accident. I mean, it's crazy, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, but the, the, the point here is why this double talk coming from the administration, do they not compare notes? Do they not compare, you know, kind of approach or strategy in terms of what they're gonna do with China? On the one hand, he's calling them a dictator and his right-hand man, Blinken, is giving them a free pass on all their recent transgressions. Uh, how should we be handling it? And how is this going to be interpreted by Xi Jinping? How's he going to take all this? Well, they've already been expressing outrage and concern that the U.S. president would speak this way. This only tells me what an upper hand China feels like it has, and it absolutely does, because it understands uh, that the Biden administration is not taking them seriously and has not been putting pressure on them, right? So all the provocations against Taiwan, all the provocations in the seas, all the warnings we've been getting from Japan and the Philippines, Vietnam, uh, South Korea, uh, about China's behavior, uh, they've been marching on. Look at all of the, the evidence we have in our universities, in our labs, uh, having these uh, spies basically in New York City, having their own quote unquote uh, police department. It's not a police department, it's an intelligence gathering ring uh, and it hasn't been stopped. So they have managed to find a way to infiltrate all these important sectors um, of, of our lives and society and government uh, and have taken advantage of that copycat uh, technology, reverse technology, when they're you know taking all of all the things that we have and are proud of and, and really copying them at a fraction of the price, uh, mo moving closer and closer to Iran, Russia, et cetera, doing a lot of things that we're not happy about. So uh, the message from the White House should be stern, it should be firm, and more than anything, it should be consistent. So the Secretary of State and President are not saying conflicting things. Lisa, talk to me about this training facility in Cuba. I read something about this yesterday, and that doesn't seem good at all. Right. It's exactly, this is, look, if we connect all the dots, this is our 
our enemies, and I hate to say that, enemies, these are rogue regimes throughout the globe that have in, in the last few years under the Biden administration um, understood ways of evading U.S. sanctions, of evading any sort of, of kind of leadership uh, or any kind of um, demand for behavioral change coming from the United States and marching on. What they do is they find each other. They find trading partners. They're able to move on. The point of sanctions, economic isolation or isolation of any point is that it should be attached to some sort of behavioral uh, change. It should, be, it should be said that we are doing this because we want you to stop doing X, Y, and Z. So we have sanctions on Russia. We have sanctions uh, on Cuba. We have sanctions on Iran's regime. Um, we're trying to isolate China or at least deliver some sort of message to China. But yet these individual individual dictators and these entities have found a way to work together and they have teamed up and they are trading with one another and Iran is supplying drones to Russia and China is brokering deals in the Middle East and the list goes on. Uh, so it just it's just obvious that weak foreign policy leads to these kinds of conclusions. Talk to me about Iran. I, I don't think enough people are aware of Iran and care about Iran. And honestly, this is, it's, I'm not insulting us, but when we think of Iran, we honestly think of uh, mud huts. It's just some third world yeah. Middle Eastern dump, but they're, they're not really capable of anything, but that's not the case, is it? Not at all. And the people of Iran have spent 44 years trying to convince the West that they are not anything like that. They are educated, they are advanced, they are egalitarian, they are they want to give women rights. They've been on the streets for the last eight months and, and in previous years as well. Like I said, for four decades, they've been trying to show the world who they are. For the last eight months, they've been out on the streets saying the only thing we want is regime change. Uh, women-led movement, women showing their hair, saying we will not be stopped, we will not be suppressed, we will not dress the way you tell us to dress. We want to be educated, we want to work, we want to get paid, we want to go out, we want to kiss our boyfriends in public. Uh, and of course, the government is cracking down in brutal, brutal ways, continuing on with executions of high-profile influencers and bloggers and journalists and athletes. Uh, and peaceful protesters and uh, the United States, the United Nations, Amnesty, all these groups who are uh, so-called champions of human rights are silent. They're silent. Um, what, where are the women's rights activists and all the equality activists and the gay activists? I mean, they are killing people for these same rights that we say that we champion so well here in the West. Um, so, you know, the Biden administration is after a nuclear negotiation. They're after a deal. They're after a handshake. And therefore, they're going to let the human rights violation slide. Not only that, for Americans who are sitting at home and are wondering why they should care about Iran, it's because they, it, it affects us here. It has a huge ripple effect. They're not only going after U.S. assets in the Middle East. They're not only putting billions of dollars into groups like Hezbollah and Hamas and others, but they are right at our southern border. The Iran regime is very much dedicated to, and they have doubled down on, on, on increasing their assets and increasing their presence in Latin America right at the footstep of the United States, and that is definitely by design. And countries like Brazil and Venezuela and Bolivia and, and many others are letting them in, and they're setting themselves up there. So just imagine when you talk about nuclear weapons for Iran's regime, when you talk about all of this money going into terrorism, it's not just staying in the Middle East. It's right here in the Western Hemisphere. It already is here and will continue to come into Latin America very close to our borders. 
Lisa, can you elaborate just a little bit on why these countries would allow them in? If you're Brazil or Bolivia Hi. or Venezuela, what what incentive do you have to look at Iran and say, hey, come on in, set up shop here? What, what are they, they're getting something. What are they getting? Absolutely. They're getting a lot of money. Uh, and of course, they're getting uh, infrastructure and they're getting technology and they're getting organizers to come in and bring their influence with them. Um, this is the, the case for the African continent and as well as Latin America, where um, rogue players like China, Russia, Iran's regime are going in and, and making trades, right? They set up anything from soup kitchens, libraries, schools, uh, roads, uh, set up telephone lines and internet lines. What do they get in exchange? Parts, mines, influence, a foothold. And that's exactly what we should be concerned about in, in Latin America. It's not just during the Biden administration. We've been warning about, uh, about this for over 10 years and no one's been paying attention in Washington uh, about the influence that, that Iran's regime has had, um, you know, just miles away from the United States south of us. And um, they continue to ignore this threat. And of course, it's too big now. We have elected officials. We have you know, um, cultural centers that they're setting up. You think people in Latin America are, are interested in, in Islam or interested in the Iranian culture? No, these are money laundering places, places where they're able to carry out nefarious activities and more than anything else, have a foothold, have a place, have a presence that's very close to the United States. Lisa, you were the best. Come back soon. It's never good news, but thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. We're not near done. We have, we have things. You want to hear some things? You want to hear some things maybe you haven't heard yet? You're about to hear in just a moment, mainly from Richard. Richard Levine. <laughs> Sorry, quit. Stop. Anyway, before I get to those things, let's get to this. Let's get to health. Talk about that sometimes. I'm not some health freak. I'm not somebody who sits there and screams at you, go vegan or something weird like that. Why would you go vegan? Anyway, I don't, I don't do that, do I? But you do need nutrition in your life. So do I. We're living beings. We're flesh and blood. We have to have nutrition. Your dog does too. And we lie to ourselves. We tell ourselves that that dog food, we give our dog that he's getting nutrition from it. You know why all the dog food's brown, right? They kill everything in dog food so it lasts longer on the shelf. There's no nutrition in it. Just giving your dog dog food is like giving him a fast food double cheeseburger every meal. Why do you think they die earlier than they should? Your dog doesn't live healthy enough. Mine doesn't either. Doesn't live long enough. We do, they just haven't because we have not been giving them rough greens. Rough greens is all natural. Created by a naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, Green Beret, by the way. Pour it on your dog's food. You don't have to change your dog's food. Pour it on your dog's food. You will see health differences in your dog, and you'll keep your dog around longer. Free bag. Free jumpstart trial bag. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. You just pay for the shipping. Or you can call them 833-33-MY-DOG. Give them a call, all right? We'll be back. All right, let's talk about something ugly here really quickly. No, we're not, we're not going to cover The View right now on the show. I just want to talk about something else. I want to talk about communism in general. Specifically, we'll address the, the trans stuff here. Because we still have so much work to do on the right to get ourselves in the right mindset to take on these people. Not, not as much worried about you 
I'm assuming you're an anti-communist. I am worried about your neighbor, your brother, your mom. I am worried because I still see so much on the right, so much of, of people discussing them as if they're just misguided or bad or a little wrong, maybe naive, but you're dealing with evil. And it's really, really important you understand you're dealing with evil because unless you understand you're dealing with a demonic religion, the religion of communism, then you'll never be able to take it on. That's just a fact. If you tell me I have to fight some guy when I get home and he's five feet tall, he weighs 100 pounds, and he's unarmed, well, that'll put me in one mindset. If you tell me I have to fight a guy when I get home and he's nine feet tall and he's 400 pounds of solid muscle and he has a gun in one hand and an ax in the other, well, that puts me in a quite a different mindset. And if I show up thinking I'm fighting the little guy and the big guy's there, I'm probably going to die. I want you to listen to Dick Levine here. Gender-affirming care is medically necessary, safe, and effective for transgender and non-binary youth and adults. So we all have to stand up. We have to stand up and advocate and take a stand on behalf of those who are being harmed in many states across the country. Gender-affirming care. Have you heard the stories of these kids? Because we're talking about children. Have you heard the stories of these kids who go through with this horrible mutilation and then regret it? They all regret it afterwards. Have you ever heard any of their testimonies? The heartbreaking things. They say, what, what do you do as a 16-year-old boy when you were confused and messed up and your parents misguided you and then a psychiatrist misguided you and then you went into a doctor's office and they put you to sleep and you chopped your penis off? What, what do you think your, the rest of your life is going to look like? Your life is destroyed. What do you think? You've heard Chloe Cole's testimony before about how they told her she was a boy and she went in and she had her breasts removed. And you, you've heard her. I'll never forget it as long as I live. You've heard her say, I don't know that I'll ever be able to have kids. And if I do, as a mother, I'll never know what it's like to nurse my baby. It's not bad people who are doing something like that. It's demons. We are dealing with demons. Communism is from hell. It is of the devil. And until you accept that, then we're never going to be able to take these people on. And it's hard to accept that because they don't look like they have horns. Really? Well, I mean, Dick Levine does. But most of them don't look like they have horns. They look like your liberal Aunt Peggy. Ah, she's a little misguided. She's got her coexist bumper sticker on. And yeah, I mean, she believes that nobody should have an AR-15. Aunt Peggy's a genocidal monster. I'm sorry. I hope she wakes up and comes around. I'm sorry. You look at people like Good Morning America. Here's Michael Strahan clapping as an 11-year-old. Uh, here it is. And if you haven't heard the name Desmond Napolis, get ready for this trailblazing 11-year-old drag kid who RuPaul is calling the future. His bravery is inspiring so many.
You think that's bad or you think that's evil? Let's get our minds right. All right, all right enough. Blech. Let's go lighten the mood. Lighten the mood. Let's take care of you first, though. One of the things that gives me peace, much to my wife's chagrin, is preparing. I have a go bag. I buy ammunition. I make sure I have ways to access clean water should clean water stop coming out of the faucet. I make sure I have emergency food in my home for everyone who lives in my home. It's part of basic preparation. I don't care how much ammo you have. If you're starving to death, you're not going to shoot anything. My Patriot Supply has been there for us for a long time, giving us, selling us these emergency three-month food kits. But sometimes times are tough and people can't afford a three-month kit for everyone in their home. I understand that. So do they. They have a special right now on four-week kits. Go get a four-week kit if you don't have the three-month kit. Everyone in your home needs a four-week food kit. You have to go, though, if you want a special on it, you have to go to preparewithjessikelly.com. Preparewithjessikelly.com, all right? We'll be back. I don't know if you know this, but it is World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. It's an important day. Obviously, we need to care for the older folks among us. It's critically important that we do that. In my opinion, we are obligated to do that, to care for those getting on in years. We will all be there one day, right? Maybe you're already there, which leads me to this. We have a televised case of elder abuse. We get to see it all the time, and no one seems to be stepping in doing anything. Here's Joe Biden standing for the wrong national anthem. You can see it. It it finally dawned on him after a couple minutes of, wait, that's not ours. And the hand just slowly starts sliding on down. Oh, gosh. Look, there's a lot more. A lot more we could show you, but instead, let's just do this. If you've got some elder abuse you'd like to report, you can call 800-677-1116. That's actually a real number, by the way. In all seriousness, if you suspect it, if you see any, call 800-677-1116. I'll see you. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 